welcome back to another episode on The Encounter. My name is Deborah. I'm here with Danny, uh, Shaylee, and Raquel. And today we're going to be talking about blind faith. Um, and the first thing that I could think about um, when I was reading this um, topic um, was, I mean, like, there's a lot of examples in the Bible about faith, you know, like Abraham and and all the cool heroes of the faith. But I was thinking about um, Jonah. And although he's not really popular because at the end of the day he was... Uh, a little bit disobedient um while he was in the fish's belly can you imagine being in complete darkness because i'm sure there's no light in the belly of a fish um it can, being in complete darkness uh for three days and three nights and praying to god and believing that he would rescue you from this right, keep in mind he doesn't have an iphone he doesn't have a calendar with him um how is he gonna know an hour has passed did 10 years pass did two hours pass you know, you don't know. And I was thinking, you know, there's prisoners that have um, have been released and they're like, how long has passed? And in their mind, time has gone in like a completely different way. And so I was thinking about Jonah, you know, like sometimes we feel we're in the dark in that same way, you know, like applying it to our lives. We don't see like any light. We don't see any solutions to any of our problems. And instead of crying out to God, we start looking for uh, where can we see an exit to this? Where can we where can we do that, right? Instead of Jonah, he said, the only one who can deliver me from this, the only one who can save me from this is God himself. And so what he did was he prayed, and I'm guessing nonstop, guys, for three days. I don't know what was in the fish's belly. I've never been inside a fish, thankfully. Um, but yeah, he, he prayed even with all of this. Maybe he was hungry. Maybe he was thirsty. Maybe he had to eat gross things inside of the fish's belly. Um, I, I don't know. I really, I don't know because I wasn't there, um, again, thankfully. But um, yeah, I just see like his his faith was blind in the sense that he said, my trust is in God and in God alone, the only one who can rescue uh, me from this. And I, I thought that was a, a really good way to start this out. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you say. Um, I, think the, I think the title of blind faith is almost redundant because all faith is it's blind. blind. That's in true. reality uh faith is like uh when you take a step and you don't know where if you're gonna fly you don't know if it's gonna hit uh ground you don't know what you're gonna do but uh god um he says in his word that he wants faith as small as a mustard seed and if you guys don't know how big a mustard seed is it's super tiny so almost he you know in the 21st century if jesus was walking today and uh you know he came today and he was trying to speak our language and the way we speak i think he would just say i just want you to want to have faith because that's just that's the smallest you know any bit of faith and if you want to have faith then i will supply the rest of it for you so if you, you have something to say uh, yeah, because I had the I had the same um, example as uh, as Deb for for Jonah, and as you were like talking about it, I it, like also made me think how like when you go through a trial, um, just like Jonah when he was in the fish's belly, that's where he reflected, that's where he recognized that like oh yeah I did do something wrong, um, and he started um, like you said he started praying. Um, Jonah two two says that he. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. I called you to I called to you from the land of the dead and Lord you heard me. So also it's we shouldn't think of these trials or like these tribulations as something that are the worst thing in the world because we always know that God is going to answer us like he did with Jonah. Um, and it's also a time where we reflect on what we've done and see how how we can improve in the Lord and grow in him. 
you know sometimes i think to myself that when when we're going through these trials and battles I'm, i mean i'm putting myself out there i feel like it's like the end of the world i'm like bro like and it can be the smallest thing ever and i'm like no like this is over for me this is done <laughs> but we we always forget that god has in control of everything and john 16:25, i use the version msg and it says jesus answered them do you believe in fact you're oh sorry you're about to make a run for it saving your own skins and abandoning me but i am not abandoned my father is with me i've told you all this so that trusting me you will be unshakable and assured deeply at peace in this godless world you will continue to experience difficulties but take heart i have conquered the world literally no matter how big your battle is or how difficult it is god is greater you know god will always be above everything jesus this is jesus literally telling um the the gospel john um that he was already over that he already overcame the world and nothing in our lives is bigger than than god himself uh you know with what you were saying i, th I think we also have to understand that faith um when we receive faith, if I'm not wrong, I think even uh, faith, I don't know if it's a gift or a fruit. It's a gift if I'm not wrong. Uh, that's what I was teaching last time. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a gift. It's a gift of faith. But when you have this gift of faith and, and, and like I said, I don't want to say blind faith because it's like saying faith, faith, right? It, faith is blind. Therefore, faith, um, when you have this, the number one thing that we must understand, just, just so I can kind of go with what you said, is that faith is consistent and honestly it's not the faith doesn't only come when you're you know have a good job it doesn't only come when everything's happy it doesn't come when just uh everything is going great in your life but it continues to rain when times are bad when you don't have when there's just like we talked about jonah right jonah he was he was in the belly of the of the beast not just because he was swimming around he was there because he did something wrong. He deliberately went against God's God's word, and yet God still saw his faith, saw his prayer, and took him out. We can see many many times in the Bible. For example, in in, in Matthew eight, uh, when Jesus when Jesus uh, sees the faith of the centurion, and honestly, what I what I I'm not gonna read you guys the whole story because uh, if you guys want to read it, you guys should just read it. But what it makes me what makes me just jump out of joy and not only joy but makes me jump out in, in amazement and makes me just want me to live for God the rest of my life is how the centurion understand things with his own life for example centurion comes and tells Jesus Christ he tells him he tells him please you know come uh, he could please heal my 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 uh, what's it called my um, my my servant right and then Jesus goes, okay, I will go to your house. And he says, no, no, stop, stop, stop. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Okay, we stop there. But listen to how he applies his work life to how Jesus is. He says, where I work, I have delegates. And those delegates says, I come in the name of the centurion, and they do as I say. So in this faith, it's not only constant to oneself, but our faith is also contagious to everybody else. Mm. If, if you have faith, and, and look, what did Jesus say to him? I have never seen a faith in Jerusalem like yours. 
meaning he was the first one. And um, I, one time I, I preached about that. That and there's an, and the whole in the whole gospels, there's a few times that God was amazed, and that was one of them. He says God was Jesus Christ was amazed. Imagine to amaze God, uh, a deity. Remember that we always forget that he was human, but inside he had a mind of a God, and and he was like, whoa. This guy just told me something that only I understand as a deity. But our faith, we have to understand that it has to be contagious. It has to be so great that when somebody sees your faith, and it has to be like, just for the redundance, it has to be so blind that when somebody sees your faith, it automatically is contagious. Because what happens afterwards, he is healed and the whole house have the same faith from now on from Jesus Christ. Go ahead. And you know, Danny, I was going to say uh, just a small comment that it's kind of the same when you're surrounded yourself. Like, for example, um, this happens a lot with the youth, right? One of them is depressed and they look out or they seek out people who are also in the same place, depressed. And what happens is they all just become a bag or a little bundle of depression, right? Versus uh, when you hang out with godly people, with people who are already set in their ways, not saying anyone's perfect, but just a little bit ahead of you, and you're going through a struggling time, they don't say, oh, poor thing, you know, let's cry together. No, they say, hey, be strong, mm. God is good, you know? They say things like Shaylee was saying, you know? Nothing is, nothing is greater than our God. And that, what does it bring? Hope, and it's like what you're saying, right? The centurion was that for his servant. He was the one that said, hey, 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 don't die. Maybe the servant, was ready to die. Maybe he was ready to just give up and be like, okay, you know what, that's it, it's, it's over for me. And if he didn't have the centurion, he would have never been healed. I agree. The centurion and, had to go and, out of his way and, and say, no, I'll find a hope. And that's what Wait. I was telling you about the contagious thing, that sometimes, for example, let's just let's make an example that here, it's, it's us four and there's people right there, but just check this out. For example, if you don't have faith, for example, we can say that sometimes as a young people, as young people that we are, it's really hard to have faith, right? But you need something, Shaylee. You need God to come and make you alive, for him to resurrect your spiritual life, but you don't have any faith. But yet, tell me something if I'm not wrong, doesn't your mom have like incredible faith? Somehow, somewhere, she, you're just like, she might not be perfect because mothers not always are perfect, but her faith is so great, dude. And yet, God saved you. Not because of you, but because of your mom's faith. This same thing happened with, the, as I'm saying, faith is so powerful that God doesn't see it as a, as a, I know you want to speak, but just, just let me finish. God doesn't see it as a, God doesn't only see it as a, oh, everybody has to have it for me to do it. Oh, no, no, no. The, as households, if you are lacking something, if you need something and your parents, your grandma, your mom, uh, your great-great-uncle has faith for you, trust me, God will operate in your life so you can be con uh, contagious. Contagious? So you can also get their faith. I don't think uh, when oh, you're... Contaminated, conta but so you that sounds weird. Uh, but I was, that's what I want to yeah. use, so I can be, so you infected. can be infected uh -huh. with the faith as well. Go ahead, uh, Raquel. Sorry. It's okay. Um, uh, oh, so when you were saying, um, I really liked when you said uh, that, like the faith, our faith needs to be uh, constant because it really does. And even though it is difficult, or it's like easier said than done to have faith when things are like things seem to be falling apart everywhere. Um, I think it's important to always remember that. The faith has always been in us when we accepted Jesus Christ. We, yes. When we accepted Jesus Christ, we had faith already that like, oh yeah, He is my Lord and Savior. He is the one that saved me and that died for me on the cross because He loved me and He still does love me. So we should always remember that and know that like 
Our faith ever since the beginning that we accepted him and started this relationship with him is constantly growing and it's not just staying in the same place. Right. Right. And we get, uh, uh, just with what you said, and uh, yeah, I think we should just always go back to that point, but um, that, you know, consistency. I was going to tell you that there's so many times in the G in the Bible that Jesus spoke about faith. And there's one, um, this is, I know we always use this, but I just want to tell you guys this about, about how it, it's constant and it's infected, uh, how... The faith must be in must be contagious and must be also constant. For example, there's a there's the woman with the flow of God uh, of of blood. He says that she touched his garment and automatically was made well, right? But Jesus could have just kept going. Jesus could have said, "Okay, she was healed, right?" Sick. But the fact that he stopped, turned Matt, nine to, Matthew, Matt, right? Like if I was talking to uh, my friend Matt, right? Matthew nine twenty two. Jesus turned, so he stopped. He turned and seen her. This word seeing is actually even more, more than just looking at her. Inspected her, saw her faith, and said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Meaning, she didn't just look at her of how, oh, let me see how you look, turn around. No, he didn't, he didn't look at her like that. He looked at her beside her problems. And she said, oh, you've had this for 12 years. Oh, you've tried everything, and now you want to try me. Sounds good. Your, your faith has made you well. And and look, and then I just I'm sorry. I just I just want to I just want to answer this one more time. Matthew nine twenty one says, "For she herself, if I only touch his garment, and I will be made well." She knew what she was gonna get with the minute he touched his garment. That's the blind faith that we're talking about, right? That I said that it's redundant, right? She knew that if she took that step, and I bet you remember we always talked that it's hard, right? It's a difficult thing to go through all those people. She might have looked dumb. She might have got pushed. She might have gone pushed to the ground. And she might have just been able to reach long enough and touch. And then she says, and then Jesus says, and instantly the woman was made well. So I want to tell you guys that God, there's verses in the Bible that says God weighs our heart and he sees the faith that we have. But we need to, the thing about faith is that we need to know what we want, what we're going to get out of it. So for example, uh, let's just say, Deborah, uh, you're lacking something. You lack uh, love, for example. You know that with Jesus, what? You're going to get love. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me like that? For example, if, if I say, Shaylee, if I say, Shaylee, that you're lacking, for example, a friend. And you come with, we, oh my God, well, you guys are laughing at me. I don't know if I'm hitting everything or, or for example, if, Ra, if Raquel needs, for example, you need a father. Right? But yeah, I, know, I know your father, so you have a father, right? Um, imagine you need a father and you come to Christ and you're not going to be like, oh, maybe, maybe God can give me a, God, a father. No, you come knowing with it what God can give you. And you come and come close and you touch him and you say, Give me what I want because this is my faith. Look, go then, ahead. I was going to say that um, when I was reading about the woman of the blood of uh, flow, no, with the flow, flow. of blood, um, it says that Jesus' garments, it was not just like she just touched like like his like pants, you know? It says that he, they would wear like a, almost like a chala. I don't know how you say that. But yeah, like, yeah. like a cape. Like yeah. a cape, yeah. yeah. And it had like tassels. And they speculate that what she touched was that tassel. Like, can you imagine <laughs> the power of her faith that Jesus felt it through the touching of a tassel. Dude, sometimes people are touching your hair and you don't feel it. Yeah. Like imagine like her her faith, right? But what I was finding like, um, I guess like a recurring theme with these people that we've been talking about is that their faith is stronger when there's no other option. 
Like, it's like they went through every other option before seeking out God. And when they realized, okay, there's really nothing left, like the only thing I have is my faith. And that's what healed them. But imagine they would have had that same faith since the beginning, since day one, thinking like, oh, I don't care about anybody else. I don't care about what I think I can do for myself. What I'm going to choose to do is trust in God. And you know what? And God's power is even greater in the moment of weaknesses. Yep. I just wanted to back you up with the verse that in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, uh, 12, 9 I mean, sorry. Um, it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yes, go ahead, please. Uh, when you were when you were talking about like how she like tried everything um, before like she tried um, Jesus, I think it's also important to note from there from like a different perspective that like um, when we are going through an affliction, we should of course like we should always run to Jesus Christ first. Um, but the I think the important point to emphasize here is that like we can't be going and looking for. A consolation in other things or in other people like the people of israel in judges 10 it says that um they were like being afflicted they were afflicted because of like they were going to be like attacked and stuff and like they didn't know what to do um but judges 10 10 says then the israelites cried out to the lord and said we have sinned against you for we left you our god and worshiped the the baals and then the next verse says the lord gave them this answer the egyptians the amorites the ammonites the philistines um and the and then he proceeds to say but you still left me and worshiped other gods so i am not going to rescue you again so it's important that we don't go and um put our faith in other things like for example right now what's going on with like the whole crystal thing or like in the whole like witchcraft thing that like we can be assured of our future through those types of people like no you need to go and find jesus christ and put everything in his hands or else we can fall into a deeper hole like the israelites did where to the point that God didn't rescue them again. I, I agree. I wanna. I think one of the enemies of also faith is uh, is what you what you said. Not only just witchcraft, but anything that you put your faith in. Anything. It could be almost. Uh, I tell people be careful because you can even put your faith on a president. You can put your faith on a, a leader. You can put your faith on anything that you set above Christ. You think that's your savior. You believe them more than Jesus. And think about it. It happens. Sometimes we even have our parents and we put more more faith on our parents than Jesus Christ himself. So uh, well, I think one of the enemies that we have to fight against uh, our faith would be would be not, not, not only just putting something above Christ, but also doubt. Uh, we can see that doubt. Uh, the Bible says uh, he he's talking to uh, he's talking to the Jer Jer the, the Israelites, and he says, "Why are you guys so afraid? Do you have little faith?" So you can see there that not only doubt, not only doubt comes, not only uh, whatever you said on top of uh, of Jesus Christ also comes that right, whatever you have faith on, but also fear. If we have fear. There's all enemies that go against our faith. For example, I always give you guys an example with even with uh, David and Doeg. You know what I mean? What kills the ministry of, 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 of a person? Fear. Fear kills that. And if it kills your ministry, if it kills your, uh, your priesthood, it kills your faith. 
Remember that the priesthood comes through the fate of Jesus Christ. So if 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 you have if you're afraid, if and don't get me wrong, I'm also afraid sometimes. Like for example, I'm gonna give you guys one of the examples that I'm always afraid. Um, for example, when I'm ministering the Holy Spirit, I, I always feel like um, it's never gonna never come down. I don't know why I feel that way. Like there's a thought in me saying, Danny's not gonna come down. And I fight against it. I'm like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And, you know, and I still do it. And, and I don't know if I do it right or good, but, you know, I still do what I have to do. But I, I, there's something always in me. Or, for example, when I'm about to preach to, to, to our church, there's always like a, a sense of me that I'm like, yeah, but you're going you're gonna to flop today. You're not going to say anything today. And I must, you know, that doubt, that fear, I have to take it away. So I just want to let you guys know that not just, not just what you said, that putting faith in other things, doubt and fear are all enemies of, of faith as well. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to tell you the story of um, Elisha and his servant. It literally is, it goes hand in hand with what you're saying. When the king of Syria was like, they kept getting like stopped by the king of Israel. And uh, when he, the king of Syria asked his servant, like, yo, like how, who's, who's like the rat pretty much? Like who's going, coming to tell uh, the king of Israel all of these things? And the servant tells him, hey, it's none of them. It's the man Elisha that hears even the things you say in your bedroom. Wow. Right? And that's not even the coolest part. The coolest part is that then the king of Syria sends out like an army to kill Elisha, right? And Elisha's servant is like, oh my God, master, what shall we do? And Elisha's like, breathe, don't be afraid. And then he prays to the Lord and he says, Lord, open up his eyes so that he may see. And the servant's eyes are open and he sees chariots of fire um, and an army surrounding Elisha, right? And it's almost like when we believe in God blindly, because oh, like you said, it's so, it's so redundant, right? But when we have this faith in God that no matter what He is there, no matter what He'll rescue us, it's like our ears start to be fine-tuned to the things that He says. Our, our eyes start to open, and it's almost like we can see what He's already doing because we have believed in Him. And it's like He allows it, right? Like, here, don't fear, like, relax. You've believed in me, let me show you. And I think that's what happened with Elijah, right? Which is what you were saying. Uh, the servant had the doubt, and Elisha's chilling. He's just like, bro, you need to relax. Yeah. Chill out here. Let, let me show you what God shows me. Yeah. Right? Oh, and it's an amazing sorry, amount just, of faith. Just, just remember that, that when you have great faith, uh, great comfort also comes to your life. Uh, with great faith um, comes a certain type of comfort that this prophet had. And that's how I was going to tell you that. That's how amazing, right? If you work on your faith, if God gives you faith, this faith... You cannot, you yourself cannot make it better, right? So you cannot grab faith and make it better. But what you can do is this faith can show you brand new things. And, and the, the way that I was thinking was this. Your faith and God's will is together, right? And your will is outside of this, right? But if your faith is intertwined with your will, then automatically God's will is intertwined with your will. So just like this guy, right? Just like this guy, like if I knew him, right? Just like Elijah, right? He, they were coming to kill him, and I bet you he was eating some grapes with his legs crossed <laughs> in some type of thing. He was like, wait, somebody's going to come kill me? He was like, dude, I just killed. Remember when he, when he got mad because they were calling him? And he killed like four sets of, uh, of armies, and he said, God, if I'm your son, set down fire. He didn't even hear them. He didn't even give him a shot of, what do you guys want? No, I don't want you guys here. Boom, fire, boom, fire. That's what I'm trying to say. Like when, when faith is intertwined with our life, 
then God's will is intertwined with our life. And then when that happens, then the verse of uh, when it says that he has higher ways, he has, uh, I love, I love the, the fact that it says higher ways because his ways are higher. Then, if, then when his will is intertwined with our will, then we live those higher ways. And we're completely on the 405 freeway on a Sunday morning with zero traffic just looking at everybody else on the roads and we're just in a, with faith of course right? we're in an elevator I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm explaining it right but I feel like it, we're just like you know in an airplane looking at everything understanding that if something comes by I got God I don't know if I make I don't know if it makes yes, sense yeah, makes yeah. sense go ahead please yeah and I wanted I was so happy that you guys brought in fear because okay so um back when I was like like 15, 14, 15 dude it, I had this mentality where it's just like oh when when you go more into God and stuff like that um and build a relationship with him that bad things happen to you and then dude I I'm literally so embarrassed to admit this but I was like okay fine then I'm not gonna look for God because I don't want bad things to happen to me you know and oh like I okay whatever so that that's what fear fear happens to you and in, in the verse um one John 418 and God's word it says no fear exists where he where his love is rather perfect love gets rid of fear because fear involves punishment the person who lives in fear doesn't have perfect love and the way the way I, I wish I could tell myself this when I was younger but the way to get out of the fear the way to get out it's just like oh problems are gonna happen to me I'm gonna go through battles and stuff like that so I'm not gonna follow God but no it, you having perfect love in with God is gonna um, resonate, re resonate, re yeah, resonate, solve everything, you know, resolve. and resolve everything. Yeah, well, and then resolve. and um, yeah, <laughs> and then we always listen to when the devil is throwing darts at us. Like literally, I I know that that um, the devil throws darts at you when you get closer and closer to God, and it's. He does it because it's a benefit for him. You're gonna end up spiritually dead if you're gonna um, if you are, are fearing. Fearing gets your dominio propio. How do you say that? Self control. Self control out of you. And and for those of you um, don't know what dominio propio is, did I pronounce it right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's a capacity of self control and self discipline. And and then I got it off of Google. In general, it is. The one that prevents humans, us obviously, from doing the things that they will will later regret. Guys, we have we don't have a spirit of cowardness, but we have the spirit of power. And two Timothy one seven in the AMP version it says, "For God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Timidity, um, timidity is like the lack of courage or cowardness or fear. But He has given us a spirit of power and of love." and of the sound of judgment and personal discipline abilities to result in a calm well-balanced and self-control so when fearing you when you're fearing and you're um and you're doubting like they were saying um you're permitting the devil to disarm you and to take control over you i remember your preaching yesterday um that it says what do you have your heart filled with and when the devil take control of you and you, you're going to be filled with a whole bunch of like like bad like worldly stuff confusion you're going to feel be ang we're going to be angry because you're going to be like no like i'm going through so much and where where is god with me but god is always with us and um it says in uh matthew 12 34 it says you bore broad of vipers 
how can you speak good when you when you are evil for out of the abundance of your heart the mouth speaks and i i like the msg version better because i was like bro like what okay so it says you have minds like a snake pit like a snake guys bro and how do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are foul-minded it's your heart not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words a good person produces good deeds and words season after season an evil person is a blight to an orchid so i i, I got confused there i was like what, what's a blight to an orchid it, a blight is like um like a, a plant disease it's a fungus that mm. gives to a plant and i um i now have a job that i take care of flowers so an orchid it dude it takes time for it to die like it does not die it at all like you have to make it die like you have to willingly make it die for it to be able to die wow. so that blight imagine so like yeah like it, it, dude imagine you an evil person is a blight on an orchid like Bro, that's so crazy. So continuing on with the verse, it says, let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can be your domination. So this is this is going back to what do you have your heart filled with? Do you have, do you have your heart filled with faith? Do you have your heart filled with the Holy Spirit? Or do you continually dwell in this fear that you have in your heart? Um, going back to what you guys were saying, having having with people, being with people that have that faith when you like faith literally changes. Um, I was listening to a podcast and then um, she was talking about the paralytic man and how there was five five friends and the par paralytical. Am I pronouncing yeah, it right? Paralytic. Paralytic man um, that he he uh, he couldn't um, walk like his legs were like done, you know, and he didn't have that faith anymore for him to be able to be healed. But his fourth friend, his four friends, they were like, no, you're going to be healed. You have to walk. You have to get up. Come on, let's go. And through them, Jesus was be a was able to um, heal him through this friends. I was like, what? Like, that's that's crazy. You know, um, um, we we in these battles, instead of having that mindset that I was saying before, like, oh, everything's going to be bad. Like, I'm not going to do anything. No, you have to say in those times in in when you're dwelling you have to be like not dwelling but when you're like when you're sad when you're weak you have to be like no like god thank you like thank thank you for this like you're you're making me grow like we he loves us and he wants to see us grow in him he wants to he wants us to build a better relationship with him and so um then another verse i'm so sorry just okay. yeah okay so um and habakkuk 317 uh, the king james version says although a fig tree shall not blossom a fig tree is like um it has like fruit but the fruit is like a, a pear shaped and it's really soft and it has a whole like bunch of seeds in it right and then it says shall not blossom neither shall fruit be in the vines of the labor of an olive shall fail and the fields shall not yield yeah shall not yield no meat and the flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd <coughs> in the stalls um did i say what verse it was yeah 317 and then 18 yeah i will rejoice in the lord i will joy in god of my salvation so what this verse is saying that even though we're we 
literally don't have food, we don't have nothing, and not even materialistic things. It can be um, emotions as well, like you're feeling hurt, you're feeling abandoned, you're feeling lonely, but God is still there. And I like what the AMP version said on verse 18. I said, yet I will choose to rejoice to the Lord. I will choose to shout an exaltation in the victorious God of my salvation. Um, yeah, you just you just have to keep going, have that faith, be strong in God, and dude, you you will see like a difference. Dude, I was gonna tell you I love Habakkuk three seventeen because um, imagine putting in the work for all of that and still seeing none of it, no, no, and no. still being like, okay, I still praise God. Dude, that's that's incredible because we're just thinking about like oh there was no fruit but imagine like guys i mean i've never planted anything but i know it's not like one week you know or like two weeks um it's a long time so imagine all the hard work that goes into it and still seeing nothing mm -hmm. that's incredible but i just wanted to read uh romans 5 um 3 to 5 because everything you were saying i was like dude yes this not only that but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because god's love has been poured into our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us and I just think that's beautiful, right? Because even when we are not making anything in the fields, when we are seeing no fruit to the, uh, to the labor of our hands, as we suffer, there is something growing in our hearts. Mm -hmm. There's something being planted. And uh, at the end, we have this beautiful hope that cannot be given to us by any crop, by any animal, by uh, any emotion, nothing, nothing at all. This hope that only uh, the Lord can give, which I think is awesome. Yeah, and honestly, with everything you guys said, I think it's completely beautiful. And I think, uh, I think just I think to like kind of like uh, you know decompress and kind of like uh, we have like almost like 34, 35 minutes. Um, I was gonna tell you guys that uh, I found this story in Ma in Matthew fifteen twenty one, and it's about this. Uh, it's about literally the the story. The name of the story is called the faith of the Canaanite woman. And um, I was looking at this and I was reading it a while back, and. Um, you know, just came back to my mind, and I was, you know, she's the she's the woman that said, uh, you know, that she says that her daughter is being bothered by by an unclean spirit, by a demon, and Jesus does not answer him, answer her. And I always think that that's very mean, you know, like Jesus, how can you not answer <laughs> to this woman? I think about it. I mean, yeah. think about it, and I understand that she was a Gentile. If you go back to Can Canaanite. It, it, another word of it is a, a Gentile. So she, he wasn't there for her, but heard her and kept walking. And the disciples said, send her away, send her away. And then she said, and she, she kept going, and then she's crying after us. And then he answered, he finally answered and says, I was, on, I was sent only to those lost sheep of the house of Israel, saying, not for you. In other words, in 21st century, he says, I'm here for these people, but not you. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So imagine, just called her trash, bro. He just called her. You are uh, literally, if somebody told me this, I would probably be willing to throw hands in reality. <laughs> like if somebody told me, hey, bro, can I have this? Like, no, bro, you're not part of my family. I would be definitely hurt. And just look at her answer. And she goes, she said, yes, Lord. She understood who she was and says, yeah, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the, from, that fall from their master's table. And then, once again, I imagine, sorry, this is not in the Bible, but I just imagine Jesus just looks at her and goes, Wow, look at this, from a Gentile 
And says, Jesus answered, Oh woman, this O, this is the one that says, the one that, when you say O is as a, Oh woman, like a, Oh, you understood. Oh woman, graze your faith. Be it done for as you desire. And it says, the Bible says, And her daughter was healed instantly. And honestly, guys, when I read this, this part of the Bible and I read how Jesus is, he never, ever, ever had the intention to actually listen to her. He wasn't sent for her, yet he was so, how can I say, moved. He was so shocked. He was so, uh, how do I say this? He was so, um, how do you say it when they grab your attention? He was so captivated by the faith of this woman that not only does he heal her, stops, walks away from everybody else, and starts healing everybody from the Canaanites that wanted to be healed. It's beautiful. The catalyst for faith is only one person. And, and you guys know what a catalyst is, right? Like if you guys don't know what a catalyst is, it's like for example from, the, from a bomb, the catalyst is the little thing that comes out in the end, and that spark starts a movement. And the woman comes, and when it finally reaches, it blows up, and that's what this woman was. This woman showed, showed a faith so great that Jesus was able, did something that he was supposed to do after he died. But yet, she called what was in the future to her present. And that's how faith is so powerful. That her faith is so powerful, she grabbed her future and made it into a present. And uh, we can, there's preachings about this, and, and that's what I want you guys to know, that faith lives outside our timeline as well. But that's just that's just another thing that I, I don't want to explain right now because I think we'll get everything uh, confused. But I just want to let you guys know that if you guys read all the way to 31, he says, um, just so I can finish it, it says, Jesus went from there, walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He went up to the mountain and sat there. And great crowds came to him, bringing him the same lame crippled, and he started healing everybody. He started healing everybody that wanted us there. He just started healing. And I, I tell God, God, I please give me this, give me this faith. And I think that's the faith that we all want, right? The faith that that you know of a mother, because honestly, not even a father is doing this. It's the faith of a mother, guys. And and that faith is the one that I want. And I think when you have kids, you understand what type of faith that is, I guess. But you know, this faith is I want that faith that starts and it's a catalyst and it's a beginning for an experience explosion of uh, faith and um you want to say something yes so, so okay bad. go ahead <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that i love the story that he's saying because it's uh, it's of a gentile right and um uh thomas one of the 12 uh, uh apostles. apostles or yeah disciples or whatever you guys want to call them um once jesus had died the disciples tell him like yo thomas we saw the lord and he's alive and he's like i will not believe it unless i see uh touch. the yeah i see the hands and the marks of the nails and place my finger into the mark right and then jesus comes eight days later and he's like thomas look like you know like here look do it right but the the part that i like is what he says because you have seen me have you believed blessed are those who did not see and yet believe and I just what was impressive to me is this guy who had sat with Jesus, who had spent Jesus' life there with him, had a hard time having faith. And this woman, who was a Gentile, who her faith was something completely different, believes. And I think we just have to be so careful, right, that we are sitting here um, maybe believing we have the, 
the great faith, you know, or that we're so awesome. And let's just never forget that because even if uh, I love when Paul says that, um, I don't remember where, but he says it's not about how uh, you start, right? He says, uh, let me be careful not to be the one who taught them how to run. And then I fell asleep and did not finish the race. And so I think it's important, right, that even those who already have our faith uh, ignited, we continue to remember this day after day after day that it's believing without seeing. Final thoughts? Yes. Go ahead. Just um, to also add on to everything. Um, <coughs> uh, Throughout all of this, the, the, one of the main points that really speaks to me is straight out just believing um, and believing in God that he will take us out of our problem, out of our trial or tribulation. Because John 11:40 says, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So it's so important for us to believe in God, um, not just when things are going well or amazing in our lives, but even in the, in the middle of like when everything is like, oof, like falling apart. Um, because if if we do believe we have this we have this great reward that is we will see god's glory in our lives we'll see god's hand moving in our lives and um showing us the way out because he will he gives us an escape through all of this but we just need to keep believing and um also something that like really uh, like made me so happy that like the apostle has been talking about is um looking looking above like looking up uh and so um, he gave this verse of uh, the woman that was like, um, what's it called? She was like, she like couldn't look up. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's called. Hunchback. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, she was a hunchback. And, and so um, he basically explained that like um, when you are going through something and you only keep your eyes on what is on the earth or what is what the world can give you and offer you to try to get out of it, um, you can't glorify God you can't worship him and you can't praise him because it was only until Jesus healed her that she was able to glorify him and so it's so important that we keep our eyes up um, on the things of, of the Lord and like Psalms 121 one says I look to the mountains where will my help come from and our help will come from Jesus Christ that is up above taking care of us in every single time of our life Amen. Amen. okay um, guys today um we have reached the end of our our podcast. Um, I am sad because I feel like we can continue talking about this. Um, but just uh, to leave you guys off, I want to tell you guys this. Um, in Matthew 15, he continues, and uh, after he heals these people, he feeds 4,000 people. Just quickly, I just wanted to show you this because I saw it and I thought this was beautiful. And it says that uh, uh, he's preaching to the people, and out of nowhere, it was like three days, right? <laughs> And he feels moved because they haven't needed anything. And then he sees this, uh, he sees and they give him, um, they, they say, how many, how many loaves of, uh, of, of bread do you guys have? And at the end of the day, he gets seven, uh, he gets seven uh, breads of, uh, loaves of bread and he gets seven little fishes. And then he commanded everybody to sit down. And just, I, wanted, I want you guys to show that this, this part of the Bible doesn't say anything about faith, but yet the whole example is full of faith. And it says that he took the seven loaves, uh, seven loaves of bread and the fishes and gave thanks. And that is the greatest mark of faith, giving thanks before you have anything. Mm -hmm. And yet he broke them 
and gave it to his disciples and he fed he fed all four thousand people and i think one thing that we understand uh we have to understand about faith is that even before you get what you're praying for and what you're hoping for give thanks because that's how god applies it to your life and give thanks not things because if you want it give it things as if you had it guys god bless you guys and i hope uh, i'll see you guys next week uh, i'll definitely see you guys next week and god bless you guys take care i'll see you guys have this blessing